2: to extra point right here on kdos am 1060 as always follow along with us online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports it's a thursday it's september 14th bob Kemp, kayla mortellaro with you up until noon today as we typically do mondays wednesdays thursdays and fridays there's a game today taking place in philadelphia with the vikings and the eagles we'll dive into that contest a little bit later on we'll take your phone calls today 602-260-1060 is the number we'll do that around 10 30 and 11 15 602-260-1060 is the number but let's get things started here in the extra point with today's poll questions and we'll start with the kdos 1060.com poll question the question is texas really back this time i should have put like some I, if I knew how to do this, some italics around really, uh, but yes and no are the options here. No leading the way at sixty-seven percent of the vote. Yes trailing at thirty-three yeah, percent.
0: It's funny you mention that because when I've you know, typed it into my script here for the uh, question and then used it in the sports zone, I have the uh, I have uppercase for all, every letter in really, and then I have uppercase for every letter of this time. So I'm kind of going to say, and I, I've been. I, the I, I, last time I was duped into this Texas' back crap was when they beat Notre Dame in the opener a few years ago, and then Notre Dame ended up winning like four games that year. Uh, so we were all so impressed that Sunday night or a Saturday night, Sunday night, it might even have been a Monday night game. It was a standalone game, and then they destroyed Notre Dame with, the ooh, they're back. And that's the last time I you know, fell for this crap. But uh, after what happened Saturday, I think it's legitimate. And that kind of ties into the Twitter poll question, too.
2: I was going to say, uh, so if you're a little trepidatious about falling for it again, I see where your next question has come from on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Is Alabama not a legitimate national championship contender? Yes, leading the way at 58.3% of the vote. No trailing at 41.7%.
0: Yeah, and uh, the, one of the primary themes or the primary theme when I talked with David Kenyon from Bleacher Report during the Sports Zone in the last hour is that basically it, maybe it's a role reversal type of thing in college football, and I pointed out several things, and the first two things I pointed out were the two poll questions for today. Is Texas back, and is Alabama not a, national, a legitimate national championship contender?
2: And we'll dive into uh, more about college football. We'll go through the AP top t- top twenty five here a little bit later on in the show, and then also dive into I, I guess you know how many are in the top twenty five in the Pac twelve. How many are in in the SEC conference? So we'll do that a little bit later on in yeah. the show.
0: Three of the top seven are from the Big Ten, but also unfortunately. For a third consecutive week, uh, well, you know, not exactly great matchups to start the uh, to start the season. Next week is tremendous, uh, but this week, zero top 25 matchups, not a one.
2: Yeah, it's uh, not great for this weekend, and unfortunately, that keeps being our theme here every single week. But as you pointed out, looking yeah. ahead seems a little bit better.
0: I think there's been three or no more than four. Top 25 matchups the first three weeks of the season, or if you want to count week zero, the first four weeks of the season.
2: Let's get into some Arizona Cardinals discussion here. Head coach Jonathan Gannon met the media yesterday. Some takeaways from what he had to say. Of course, everyone wants to know the thoughts here about quarterback Josh Dobbs. So uh, what does Josh Dobbs need to improve on? What does the head coach think? Uh, Just some of the comments here from Jonathan Gannon, just the uh, coaching and details of everything that we're doing, him getting a little more comfortable, a little more time on task, and he'll play better when asked about where does he expect josh dobbs to grow from week one to week two he says i think the entire team we need to see growth not just josh you know what i mean it takes all those guys i would think just his operation making sure the ball is out he's placing into the correct people finding checkdowns when they are there getting us in the right plays for the most part and i'm excited for him
0: yeah i'm just gonna kind of continue this theme i hopefully not for you know 17 games but i'm and a little concerned. Uh, maybe concern's the wrong word, but I wouldn't be surprised if I do have this same theme. Their offensive line sucks. And I don't care if it's Carson Palmer or Kurt Warner or whoever you consider to be a great Cardinals quarterback, a, a really good, a competent Cardinals quarterback, it's not going to matter who the quarterback is if they can't block anybody.
2: Hopefully that is not the theme for uh, 17 weeks, as you pointed out. So we'll see how that goes. But they are playing the Giants this week, which they too have an explosive uh, defensive front.
0: They do, even though it, you know, it was hard, kind of hard to see that on Sunday night. They didn't have much going on at all, even in that area on Sunday night against the Cowboys. That game was obviously over quick, uh, pretty quickly. Uh, the Cardinals... Might have a couple of things going for them this week, and uh, that has to do with the hamstring injuries for Andrew Thomas, the starting left tackle for the Giants, and also Darren Waller, the tight end acquisition who they paid a lot of money to get in the offseason
2: absolutely uh so well those are certainly things we'll be monitoring for the giants uh injury wise continuing with the theme that uh we talked about yesterday was explosive plays and jonathan gannon was asked about that and he said yeah huge you know what i mean we know that the value of explosives on offense generating them and limiting them on defense so we got to find some ways to generate these sometimes that's by scheme sometimes that's by getting certain guys the ball in their hands so we took a long hard look at that. That's a continual process every week. Hopefully uh, that doesn't fall in line with the offensive line theme that you took, but Jonathan Gannon was asked if he was pleased about the O-line's performance, and he said, yeah, I mean like everybody, they want a couple plays back, but I think for us, we got to eliminate some negative yardage runs and that's all 11 guys and we got to keep the quarterback upright as much as we can, but that's not just the five O-linemen, that's everybody. That's quarterback, receivers, running back tight ends so all 11 have to do a good job with that
0: i'm a little confused at his answer yesterday because it seemed to contradict his answer on monday or one of his statements on monday when he was complaining about the negative yardage plays so i'm not sure what i think uh i you, know, you mentioned scheme i think that's the only way that the cardinals are going to get there you know, and we i think we agree that they have some guys that can make some plays Uh, but they have to get them the ball and space, et cetera. I think that this is going to have to be almost completely a scheme thing because I think the offensive line obviously is not good, and I would be really surprised if they're able to pass protect most weeks, including this week against the Giants, whose uh, defensive front is certainly better than what we saw last Sunday
2: uh yeah we do agree that they do have some playmakers if you can get the ball in their hands see what they can do uh curious though you know I'd be curious to know what the the reasoning was that it seems like every time Keontae Ingram got the ball he stood absolutely no chance of a successful play and it wasn't it wasn't him people were in the backfield the second he touched the ball
0: that's correct um yeah, and I don't think it was. I don't think it was him at all. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. But once again, I keep repeating myself here. But I don't care what's going on here. If you can't block anybody, which I don't think they blocked anybody uh, in that game last week against a really good defensive front, which I actually think the the uh, the Commanders' defensive front I actually think is better than the Giants. I know a lot of people think that's probably a ridiculous comment, but I don't think it is. I think it's an accurate comment. But, you know, I just can't I, just, you know, I keep going back to the same thing. I mean, if you don't block anybody, it doesn't matter who the skilled players are. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It doesn't matter.
2: Looking ahead to the New York Giants, Jonathan Gannon was asked about what the strengths are for that Giants defense, and he says they know how to make it hard on an offense to run it, and they put a lot of pressure on the quarterback pre and post snap. He's one of the best in the world at doing it. I have a high opinion of Wink. He's talking there about defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. They understand how to attack the pass game, and we have a big time challenge for us.
0: And he's certainly familiar with them because, you know, with Philadelphia, you know, they, he played them twice. Now, he wasn't obviously going against the, you know, specifically in his mind, you know, he was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, so he wasn't going against the Giants defense, but I'm sure he's familiar with them because they played him twice.
2: Absolutely. He was then asked about familiarity specifically when it came to Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And he says, my familiarity is that they are two really good players and understand how we have to defend them because of their skill set. Saquon is a high volume guy who can beat you in the run and pass game, breaks a lot of tackles. He's explosive. He has good vision. He's fast. Daniel has a big arm. He's hard to sack. He extends plays. He breaks tackles. He's a runner. They use him in a way that makes it hard on a defense
0: yeah i agree with all that uh also you know the giants offensive line (laughs) not good and if andrew thomas isn't playing this week it's going to be even worse
2: correct uh as it was from yesterday's injury report andrew thomas hamstring did not practice darren waller hamstring slash rest did not practice deontay banks calf limited cameron brown ankle limited uh cordell flott hamstring limited aziz a jewelry, which is BJ jewelry is brother hamstring limited for the Cardinals, L. j. Collier biceps did not practice Josh Woods, ankle did not practice Kelvin Beecham, hand limited, James Connor calf limited, and lucky foe two shoulder limited.
0: Okay, you know my opinion on Wednesday yep. practice reports. Um, I think it's like a complete waste of time most of the most of the years. Uh, it is uh, from yeah, week to week. I do think that the uh, Waller hamstring thing is a really big deal because according to Waller, he has a nerve issue with his hamstring injury.
2: Ooh, that's never good when it gets, gets to a situation with nerves when it comes Correct. to <laughs> when it comes to quarterback josh dobbs he also met the media yesterday some takeaways from him uh he was asked how do you clean up mistakes he said yeah it's just a uh, focus discipline just little things starts with me at quarterback but also sharing that with the guys you never know which play it might be you never know what third down it might be first and 10 it might be which run which pass which catch so you have to stay locked in and focused throughout a 70 to 80 play game to maximize each and every play every play is a extremely valuable and as an offense we have to take advantage of each of them. Uh, he was then asked how will the offense look when you can open things up and he said the goal on offense is to get the ball in the playmakers hands. We have a lot of guys James Conner, Zach Ertz, Rondell Moore, Hollywood of course. Mike does a great job of going down the field making contested catches. So obviously it was our first game out there as an offense for sustained snaps. So we'll have a ton of growth from week one to week two as we continue to gel and match.
0: And it's like week three for him uh, <laughs> as a cardinal. So, yeah, I, I think that you know some of the criticism. I'm a little confused about that. I mean, I'm not know what people expected from him. Uh, as I mentioned, he's only been here for a very short period of time. And uh, any criticism, I think, is highly unfair because, A, he hasn't been here, and you might have heard that I don't think the offensive line's very good.
2: (laughs) And finally, he was asked his opinion on the strengths of that Giants defense here. Really good front as well. Can be very multiple and aggressive on defense, and they are able to create splash plays. As an offense, we have to do a good job of when the play is there, and when it's not, we have to protect the football. Secondary is young, but they're dynamic.
0: Two rookie corners, and they really weren't tested last week because Dallas didn't really have to do anything after they got that early lead, which had really hardly anything to do with their offense.
2: Absolutely. So the Cardinals do host the Giants 105 on Sunday from State Farm Stadium. We will turn our attention on the other side of the break to college football. Dive into the AP Top 25, what we think of these teams and how they're currently ranked. The Pac-12 and the SEC conferences alike. We'll take your calls around 1030 and 1115. 602-260-1060 is the number, but it is the extra point right here on KDUS AM 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports suggest you download the kdos 1060 app register and follow along with the listener rewards opportunities for your chance at a 100 hundred dollar gift certificate courtesy of superbook sports it's happening now through the end of september more extra point is coming up on the other side of the break
0: Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060.
2: 1022 here on KDOS AM 1060. It is the extra point on this Thursday, September 14th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro, with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. Diving into the world of college football going through the AP Top 25 here. We'll start with number one being Georgia. They had a 48-7 win over Tennessee Martin, then a 45-3 to win over Ball State. They'll play South Carolina this saturday here do we really know anything about the bulldogs yet
0: absolutely not well maybe we do a little bit and i will say that you know carson beck who hadn't started a game literally in four years uh going back to his high school days i mean he's looked pretty good the first couple of games but it's been kind of pitch and catch so he better look pretty good i know the sec network talked about I haven't watched one snap of Georgia live in either game because why would I waste my time watching Georgia at this point? I might watch some on Saturday because, A, it's been a bad schedule, a really bad schedule. In fact, I heard somebody say on a podcast this week it's the worst college schedule you could ever remember. We all exaggerate, but it's not good. You never know. Some of these Saturdays where you don't expect much, all hell breaks loose. And there are seven ranked teams playing on the road this week, so there's a few teams that are going to you know, go down, I'm sure. But uh, the SEC network's talking about the you know, Georgia had communication problems on offense last week. I don't know how many you know, communicate. I guess they started slowly in that game, but anyway. So there's about. That's about all I got on Georgia through this the uh, you know, first two games, and after watching South Carolina's, yeah. Uh, you know, first game against uh, against uh, North Carolina i can't imagine georgia's going to be challenged this week either
2: Number two is Michigan, dominating as they should. 30-3 to win over East Carolina, 35-7 to win over UNLV. They will play Bowling Green this Saturday. Uh, but I guess the big talk here is what J.J. McCarthy has been doing so far. He's playing really well with an 87% completion rate, uh, five touchdowns, zero picks. His head coach, Jim Harbaugh, uh, praising him right now.
0: He's been good. I mean, but I mean, it's been. I watched some of the game last week, and I forgot which Mickey Mouse team they played last week. UNLV. But uh, UNLV. Sorry, my friends in uh, Vegas, yeah, Mickey Mouse UNLV. Well, they used to have a good basketball program back in the day, but it was as easy as you could possibly imagine. They're really, really bad. Uh, so there's that. But uh, I think the one can. I don't think it's a concern, but it's mystifying against East Carolina and UNLV is that Michigan's offense, they haven't really been able to run the ball uh, with the effectiveness you would expect. Uh, with you know They've got the same offensive line except for the center, who did get drafted, and he was really good. But they've got four starting offensive linemen back, and uh, they haven't run the ball with nearly the efficiency they did last year.
2: And especially you have your two, your two-headed monster attack uh at running back too. So everyone's back.
0: Yeah. So as opposed to the NFL, I just you know, basically for 3 days here uh, before and 4 days now including the first segment of the, the last segment of the last uh of this first hour today, uh you know, it seems like everybody in the NFL's got offensive line issues if you listen to me, I guess, but not everybody does, but yeah, Michigan's offensive line is supposed to. They've won like the Joe Moore Award as the best offensive line in, in college football at least once and maybe twice in the last two years. The same dudes, basically, and now they're not be able to run block. What's going on there?
2: Number three, Florida State. Uh, after their 45 to 24 win over LSU, it was a 66 to 13 win over Southern Miss. They'll play Boston College on Saturday.
0: Boston College has been god-awful. They, they lost to Northern Illinois the first game at home, and Northern Illinois lost last week to Southern Illinois. Uh, and then uh, Boston College was lucky to beat Holy Cross last Saturday, so this is going to be a route.
2: Uh, number four here. This is where Texas has been slotted—a 37 to 10 win over Rice, 34 to 24 win over Alabama in Tuscaloosa. They will play Wyoming this Saturday. I want to stop here though and ask, what impressed you most about Quinn Ewers?
0: Uh, his accuracy, which has been, I think, a question, and his deep ball throwing, which has been a question. He did both those things, and. Yeah, I listened. Uh, I saw Kuiper this week. Uh, you know, talking about the the you know top quarterbacks and so forth. And he has Ewers as a first round pick. He also has Shador Sanders as the third quarterback in the draft behind uh, the big two guys of Caleb Caleb Williams and Drake May.
2: The next question I have here for Texas, after coming off of a win like they had in Tuscaloosa against Alabama, and then now playing an opponent like Wyoming here, uh, is this where in the college game that letdown slot falls in, or do you not fall into that particular way of thinking?
0: No, I think it actually does matter, and I think it's definitely a factor in college. Uh, I think it's a, it means a damn thing in the NFL. But I do think it is, uh, we've seen it plenty of times where it's, a, it's an issue sometimes. Also, I think uh, Wyoming has a team that just wants to run the ball, basically play defense, and you know, the new clock rules uh, certainly help them when they played earlier this season against Texas Tech and won in, in Laramie. Uh, this game's in Austin, so that's going to make it a little tougher. But I think they're getting like 30 points, and uh, I'm in a pool uh, where you pick uh, 12 college and uh, NFL games, not both, but you know, you, you, of all the point spreads, uh, college and pro, you got to pick 12, 12 games, and uh, that's the one game I'm going to advocate uh, me and my partner uh, pick this week, plus Wyoming and the points
2: number five usc here a 56 28 win over san jose state a 66 14 win over nevada a 56 10 win over stanford usc is off this week here before next saturday they're here in tempe uh i know that you were kind of Circling, maybe circling is not a great word, but you had identified that you would, it was piquing your interest in that contest over Stanford here. But fifty-six, ten, uh, did it live up to anything that you wanted to see?
0: Well, when Stanford's quarterback got hurt in the first quarter, that game was over. Uh, unfortunately, did not go over the total, uh, which we had over the total in the said contest from a few moments ago. Uh, we thought 68-and-a-half, we'd be in pretty good, pretty good shape. And, you know you, got, uh, you know, you got like 49 points in the first half, and they have, there was never a chance that that game was going to go over the total because Williams didn't even play in the second half. So USC starts San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford by Arizona State. So they're going to have a bye for the first five weeks of the season, basically, including the Arizona State game next week.
2: Does Caleb Williams continue to do things that amaze you or is it expected at this point?
0: Maybe a little bit of both, but I wouldn't really pay any attention to what's happened the first three games. These are really bad defenses. Really, really bad defenses. Nevada might be one of the worst teams in college football. I mean, any you know, they might be they're like closer to an FCS team than they are an FBS team.
2: So when you are a USC team that uh, has had noticeable defensive issues, right, and the, the questions, you, you went into the transfer portal to try to shore up some of those positions on defense, but then when you're playing the opponents that you are to start out the, the, to start out the season, you know, how can you evaluate whether or not there is improvements being made on the defensive end?
0: Excellent question. I don't think you can. I believe they play Colorado. The week after ASU, so they'll get a test. Uh, their defense will certainly be tested in that game. Uh, what's the total that going to be in that game? By the way, the posted <laughs> total, because I 80. can't. Colorado, yeah, Colorado's uh, the Colorado's defense is not good. Uh, just you know, don't pay attention to what you watched last week against Nebraska, or don't pay attention to what you're going to actually see this week against Colorado State because they're horrible too. Uh, but uh, their their defense is not good. And then obviously uh, you got the, uh, the Colorado offense is really good. So we'll find out a little more about the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the uh, USC defense when they play CU. You
2: know, it's interesting about Colorado. I thought I had heard a statistic that they are actually like negative yards per play rushing the ball this year.
0: That might be true. And uh, I think the biggest question I have about Colorado right now, not necessarily this week against Colorado State, but long term is that you know? You know Dion's you know kid Cedric Sanders, he's got he's really been unbelievable, and he could really throw the ball. And I don't necessarily disagree with Kuyper's assessment that he's number three quarterback, but he's been hit a lot, and there is no way he's going to make it through the season if he continues to get hit this frequently. Uh, kind of reminds me of Justin Fields in the NFL. I mean, those two guys aren't going to survive.
2: One more thing about Colorado here. Uh, it looks like Jay Norvell, he's the head coach of Colorado State, uh, decided to do some talking. Former
0: ASU, former ASU assistant, Jay Norvell.
2: Correct. He decided to do some talking here. Uh, he said, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. So obviously that is a dig there at Dion and how uh, he has different sunglasses every single day.
0: I didn't know that Dion had different sunglasses every day, so my bad.
2: <laughs> the chains, the hat, so I don't know. Why Why say something like that? That's so silly.
0: Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, that's – you know, Jay Norvell used to be – actually, Nevada was really good when he was – well, the really good is a stretching it, but they were an above-average program when he was coaching there, and then Colorado State paid a fortune – Uh, to get him out of Nevada and go coach it uh, in Fort Collins. And I assume that'll be, you know, hell, you got Fox and ESPN both there and, you know, this weekend uh, for this game. I assume that's going to be a part of the theme of their project. That might be the only thing they talk about regarding Colorado State.
2: We'll get through 6 through 10 on the other side of the break, and then we'll dive into uh, you know the Pac-12 and the SEC, et cetera. We'll also take your phone calls if you'd like to chime in. 602-260-1060. 602-260-1060 is the number. We'll take your calls now, chat with you on the other side of the break. It is the extra point.
1: HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your
0: favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX-HD2.
2: Welcome back to The Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports We'll continue our college football conversation with the AP Top 25, but as promised, it's phone call time, 602-260-1060 is the number. So let's pop on out to the KDOS hotline. We have Morty in Phoenix. Morty, what's on your mind today?
1: Um, I turned 77 last week, and with age comes wisdom. And I want you to know that regarding ASU football, I have – I'm already up to the acceptance step um, that this this season's gonna suck. So, Whoa. Um, well, hey, Bob, I'm growing up.
0: Okay, well, that's good to hear. Um, actually, I had a, went to lunch with uh, one of my buddies uh, this week, and one of our discussions was whether ASU is gonna win a game the rest of the season.
1: It could be tough, especially with what they're doing in Colorado.
0: They but better l- win. A call- they better. They better win when they play Cal.
1: Uh, yes. Now, the more positive stuff. I uh, I watched the Kelsey documentary, and I'm not into those kind of things. But I watch it because I'm an Eagles fan. He's one of the most selfless, lack of ego people, uh, you know I've ever heard of. He's really a, a pretty easy guy to root for, and I, it was a great documentary. So Put it on your on your list when there's nothing playing.
0: Okay, and well last, you guys were remind me what? of that like in like in February after the Super Bowl when I'd have okay. time to watch it.
1: I will I will do that. And the last thing is your old friend Bill Plasky has written a book which I downloaded about Paradise, California, and the. The high school football team, that's the town that got wiped out in 2018. I mean, the whole town got burned down. Plasky's Plasky's description of the the events, the escape, the putting it back together, that's something else when when football is over for you to put on your list. And I'll remind you because I'll call you back.
0: Okay, I appreciate that. I need reminders because, as Caleb will tell you, I don't remember something that happened in the last segment. Sometimes, so there you go.
1: Well, wait, wait till you get to my age.
0: Okay, wow. I'm not that far off. I'm you know 66.
1: Yeah, well, 11 years.
0: Well, that's yeah. What the hell is the difference at this point, right?
1: Good point. I hope you catch me one of these days. <laughs> okay. Tech-
2: Take care. Thanks, Morty. Right. Uh, you guys sound like they're uh, Lance Lynn when he was saying, like, once you got over 30 home runs, what does it matter? Because, you know.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I, I agree with him on that, too. But, yeah, Lance Lynn, you know, the, it's like Kurt Schilling gave up 1,000 home runs. Verlander gives up home runs. But luckily it's Scherzer. Uh, luckily for those guys, a lot of the home runs or a large percentage of the home runs they've allowed their careers haven't been with guys on base because they don't walk guys
2: that's true back to college football here continuing with the ap top 25 and we'll uh continue here with number six it is ohio state a 23-3 win over indiana 35-7 win over youngstown state they play western kentucky on saturday and uh, at least what i saw from earlier this week kyle mccord has been named the official starter at quarterback so do you like this move and do you like the commitment here
0: I don't think there's any choice. Uh, He's actually, I don't think Kyle McCord has been any kind of issue the first two games. I actually think he's thrown the ball really well. Their offensive line is very subpar. Their left tackle had three penalties against Youngstown state last week. And uh, if they don't get better in every area, they're going to get run off the field next week in South bend.
2: That'll be a fun game. Notre Dame and Ohio state. That is
0: correct. Uh, they already. I heard. Uh, I forgot who said this, but I don't disagree with it. Um, actually, I. You know, I should know this, but I don't. Uh, I was listening to a uh, podcast on Visa, the college football podcast, and a host who's really good. And I just you know, right now his name escapes me. Uh, and he's a Notre Dame fan. Uh, la- you know, I just listened to him a couple of days ago. Said that the game next week in South Bend is the biggest game in South Bend. With fans, because remember the Clemson game, they didn't have fans a couple of years ago because of COVID. Uh, but the biggest game in South Bend with fans since the uh, the, the Bush Push game, uh, when uh, USC went went at, at Notre Dame, and was that 2005 or 2006, one of those two years. So that's uh, that's how this uh, game is already being hyped the week before they play it.
2: Wow. But that makes sense, though. I mean, the way that Notre Dame has come out and looked and, of course, the expectations for Ohio State. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: You could have gotten plus seven with Notre Dame like a week ago but not anymore i
2: was gonna say that number has to be long gone uh number seven here in the ap top 25 it is penn state a 38 15 win over west virginia a 63 7 win over delaware up next for them they are at illinois it will be drew allers first road start uh should we make that a big deal or you know has drew Aller shown us enough here
0: I think that's okay, but Illinois' defense is not anything what it was last year when they were really good, the entire team. Uh, there may not be a Power Five conference team that has declined more uh, since last year than Illinois. Uh, they were you know, lucky to win the first game at home against Toledo, a last-second field goal. They had no chance last Friday night when they got run out of the building against Kansas. Now, if you look at the final score, you think, ooh, they were right there. They really weren't right there. They just, you know, There was some stuff in the second half that made the score closer than it really was you know, as far as the competitive level of play. Uh, so I'm not sure where we're In Illinois, they also lost some really good players. Uh, we're in the NFL right now, offense, and their top three defensive players are all in the NFL. They were all drafted in the first three rounds last year. They lost their coordinator to Purdue. They're not good. Uh, so I don't know if we're going to find out a whole lot about Penn State this week. But, you yeah, I know that a lot of people think this is uh, James Franklin, Franklin's most talented team. I've even heard people on the Big Ten network say it's the best team in the Big Ten. Or I think they said most talented. I have a note here. Most talented team in the Big Ten. I think the reason that they probably stopped short as saying it's the best team is because we need to see James Franklin not get out coached by Jim Harbaugh or Ryan Day to win one of those games.
2: I feel like it's for sure his best offense all around since he's been there i mean he's always had pieces like okay saquon barkley uh he's always had some really good pieces on defense but i think overall top to bottom offensively and being able to have drew aller is a major upgrade though from uh sean clifford
0: yeah even though i thought clipper was not bad i think the biggest upgrade here and uh you know some more offensive line love here is their offensive line which was abysmal Uh, two or three years ago and actually lacked scholarship players a couple of years ago for a variety of reasons, that offensive line is incredibly improved in a pretty short period of time in like a two or three year span.
2: Number 8 here in the AP Top 25, it is Washington. A 56-19 win over Boise State, a 43-10 win over Tulsa. They will be traveling to Michigan State on Saturday here. It's an early preview of now new Big Ten schools competing against each other. Uh, they do have, obviously, that Michigan State came to UW last year. Uh, there's a lot happening for Michigan State off the field. Then you also have the fact that Michael Penix Jr. continues to like break his own record He's already thrown for 859 yards in the first two games, and uh, that uh, he now is on pace for a record to beat what he did last year, which was 4,641 yards.
0: Yeah, I'm just hoping Washington wins every game by 100 points because at some point when they play a really good team, I'm likely to go against them because I'm just not buying this. I think they had the easiest schedule by far in the Pac-12 last year. I wasn't buying them last year. uh, Also, I'm extremely concerned when they actually have to play a close game at some point, whether they can run the ball when they need to, which at some point every team has to run the ball when they need to, no matter what level of play you're in, NFL, college, high school, rinky-dink, whatever, you have to run the ball at some point. And the fact that Cam Davis, their best running back, is not playing at all this season because of an injury, at some point – can they run the ball?
2: So we know that uh, Michael Penix Jr. has one of the prettiest deep balls there is uh, in the game right now. And then we obviously see the amount of yards he's throwing for. But what do you need to see from him to kind of say that his game can translate to the NFL level?
0: Uh, I think the biggest question is, can he survive? Uh, I mean, he's had num- many, many injuries and at least multiple surgeries, at least two uh in his career when he was in indiana and i would assume you know that thing same thing i you know the go going back to the kuiper uh discussion that i saw on nfl live this week actually that wasn't nfl live it was uh i forget the name of the show and kayla you were asking me about this on monday before i saw the show actually on monday oh yeah it's like monday
2: blitz or something like that that's it's not
0: just an nfl thing they get into college and it was really good. I mean, it was really good. It's at noon on Monday. I assume it's every noon on Monday. I hope it's noon every you know, noon on Monday every week. And, you know, to be one o'clock, I guess after the time changes here soon. But uh, but that was a very good show, and uh, that's where I saw Kyper, and he didn't even mention Michael Penix Jr. And I'm guessing because there was a lot of questions in the NFL whether he can stay healthy, and I would imagine. Because he's had so many surgeries already at a young age, I wonder if there's teams in the NFL that would red flag him and not even think about drafting him.
2: Yeah, I believe that that shows on ESPN. Michael Eaves uh, is hosting it, and then it yeah. had a variety, as you talked about, some NFL content, yeah, you know, some college content. Mel yeah. Kuyper joined, Adam Schefter joined, Field uh, Yates Herm joined. Edwards. Yes, yeah, Herm. Herm was there. And, uh, Bo- Booger was uh, there. Booger.
0: Booger McFarlane even said some things that I thought were pretty good. So it was a a very good show. I was going to tell you about that. I was going to tell you probably yesterday, and I guess, shockingly, go back to that Morty call, I forgot to tell you that yesterday.
2: number nine it is notre dame a 42-3 win over navy a 56-3 win over tennessee state a 45-24 win over nc state they'll play central michigan on saturday here uh this is this is crazy i mean the speed in which we see these athletes play at is just incredible but for notre dame here running back audric Estime, we was clocked at 21 miles per hour on his 80 yard touchdown run last week uh overall though wh- what do you like about Estime?
0: well I and mean, we knew he was good and actually we think they have three pretty good running backs and I don't think that's a surprise I think what's a surprise that you know Sam Hartman has been excellent we knew that but it seems like they have multiple wide receivers and that was a really it was a bad position group for them last year and it's pretty much the same dudes uh, and they're making explosive plays and we will find out a little more about the Ohio State uh, defense this year because, uh, this week, excuse me, because Western Kentucky, they throw it around and you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, we'll see if Ohio State can actually, you know, they haven't had to make a play for two games. Uh, but uh, there's going to be some uh, open field tackling and they're going to have to cover guys one-on-one. So we'll find out a little bit more about the Ohio State defense this week before they play Notre Dame next week.
2: And number 10 here is Alabama with their 56-7 win over Middle Tennessee and then their 34-24 loss to Texas here. Uh, question marks here about Jalen Milrow at quarterback, but is this really all on him or is there more to the story?
0: No, I don't think hardly any of it's on him. Uh, the offensive line, once again, back to that theme, uh, they got destroyed uh, in the game last week against uh, against Texas and They looked unathletic. They've got all these guys that are like 350 pounds and it's supposed to be like the wall of granite or whatever. Uh, They couldn't run the ball. And for a second straight year, it seems as if the Alabama wide receivers are just not that good. Uh, You know, know, take take your pick, uh, Jerry Judy or, you know, Julio Jones or whoever over the last 15 years. That guy, those guys aren't walking through the door. At least this week or this season, likely in uh, in Tuscaloosa.
2: We'll get into more uh, wrapping up college football here with the Pac-12, the SEC, and more uh, as we wrap up hour number one of the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by SuperBook Sports. Download the KDOS 1060 app today and register. Follow along with the listener reward opportunities for you as there's a $100 gift certificate up for grabs courtesy of Superbook Sports. So you have to make sure you're downloading the app, registering, and following along with the ways in which to win that's taking place now through the end of September. One final segment to go of our number one of The Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060.
0: Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060.
2: Thursday, September 14th. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortillaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. Wrapping up the college football conversation here, the AP Top 25. We went through the uh, one through 10 schools. Some notables, though, uh, around the Pac-12, you have USC ranked fifth, then you have UW ranked eighth. Utah's coming in at 12, Oregon number 13, Oregon State number 16, Colorado after starting the year unranked is now up to 18, WSU in at number 23 and UCLA at number 24. Then you have over in the SEC, Georgia, of course, being ranked number one, Bama sitting at 10, Tennessee at 11, LSU at 14, and Ole Miss coming in at 17. Just kind of curious the comparison there between the Pac-12 and the SEC so far in these non-conference games.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to really get too much into that. Well, you want to go comparison, uh, the U of A should have won at Mississippi State or could have won uh, if they had a competent head coach and even an average quarterback. Uh, but, you know, my friends in Tucson think that Jed Fish is the greatest coach in the history of the program. Uh, maybe you know, not quite as good as Dick Tomey or pretty much any other coach in the program. I don't think he's a whole lot better than Kevin Sumlin, quite frankly. Uh, and, uh, yes, you know, and uh, basically the quarterback situation with Delora. Uh, he makes so many stupid plays and you know, just look at that game last week. You pick your pick, whatever quarter you want. He made a stupid play on every quarter that helped cost them that game. And that should have been the Pac-12 winning a game at the SEC. But those two guys prevented the U of A from winning the game.
2: Clemson finds themselves not ranked.
0: Well, what have they done to be ranked? So good for them uh, that uh, they're people. I don't understand these rankings anyway, to some extent. I mean it's what you it's more past achievement except for Clemson than what you've actually done this year. It's just kind of you know, that I totally agree with the way that the college football playoff system works as far as the rankings go. Don't even have any rankings until it is the first week of November when they actually have their first rankings. Wait until the season gets underway.
2: Hour number two of the extra point coming up next.